0: Welcome back to another episode of All Fired Up and you know what, I think this is going to be almost the last one for this year. How amazing is that? I am, to be frank, really hot at the moment. It's just really hot in Sydney. We're having an incredible heat wave and I've read a lot of research to show that when the weather gets hot in cities, people get angrier and I reckon that's true actually because definitely this week's, interview that I've recorded in the middle of this heatwave was very fiery and for good reason because it's a topic that's very close to my heart. We discussed the whole idea of pregnancy and, you know, bouncing back after baby and basically how women are treated when it comes to becoming a mother and how shit it is in diet culture. And I have just the most special guest imaginable for this topic. Her name is Casey Conroy. She's from Funky Forest Health and Wellbeing up in sunny Queensland, where ironically it was colder than here when I spoke to her. Casey is a dietitian, but she's also a yogi with a lot of experience. And of course, she's a haze warrior and very fierce in her anti-diet dedication to helping people understand and navigate through their relationships with food and body. She's an eating disorders specialist and she also helps people let go of body hatred. And she really loves working with pregnant women and new mums and babies and helping women navigate through that often very difficult period in their lives. So Casey was definitely the person I needed to talk to about this topic, and we had a really awesome conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. We do get very fiery, and I think it's with absolute justification, because you know what? We're just not getting treated well enough in this area of our lives. We're so vulnerable when we're thinking about getting pregnant, when we are pregnant, and when we've just had a baby. And Diet culture is just merciless and mercenary when it comes to taking advantage of us at this time. And this just needs to absolutely stop. So without further ado, I give you me and the lovely Casey. So Casey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure, Louise. Thank you for having me. So what's firing you up? What's
1: firing me up at the moment is the whole hoo-ha around body after baby. Uh (laughs) the climate that we live in in which society sends new mums messages about needing to fix their so-called imperfections that we need to bounce back and lose the baby weight within you know what seems like weeks
0: after Mm. we give birth Mm. that's really getting on my nerves at the moment yeah and there's is there a special reason this is getting on your nerves right now Yeah, there
1: is. I'm 36 weeks pregnant with my second baby at the moment. And so I've just been through, I guess, 36 weeks of exposure to this climate that we live in, where there's so much focus, so much extra focus on our bodies. My Mm. body, how big I've gotten, how much weight I've put on, the comments that I get from people Mm. have just. Doubled or tripled, you know? Oh. It, it's the phenomenon that seems to happen when women
0: fall pregnant. Yeah, the... I totally get that. I've been through two pregnancies or two scrutinies, as I like to call them, <laughs> and it is like that. And I reckon for women, we are permanently under scrutiny, but there are three, like, flashpoint four fa- flashpoints, probably, in our lives where diet culture just like really almost strangles us, probably puberty. Mm -hmm. The next might be weddings, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pregnancy, huge, and then menopause. Absolutely. Big transition times. Big transition times. And these are all times that are really complicated and difficult for women. And you know what? The last bloody thing we need is to talk about our weight, but that is what diet culture throws at us.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if it targets us at an especially vulnerable and insecure and tumultuous time in our lives. (laughs) I know well who
0: would do that, (laughs) right? Who would do that? A bully. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the bully of diet culture. Mm. And I mean, you know,
1: there's pregnancy and there's postpartum and whilst pregnancy is obviously a time when we get a lot of those comments I think that the postpartum period is the time when mums feel even more insecure about Mm. the change in their bodies because they're born from you know slowly I guess accustoming themselves to being pregnant and that's a journey but then suddenly we're not pregnant it's a huge change Mm. and that more so then the pregnancy is when the risk for women of either developing an eating disorder or worsening pre-existing disordered eating behaviours is higher. It's higher than in pregnancy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree because I think, I mean, obviously, once you've had a baby, your body is completely different. And... That disagrees with diet culture because according to diet culture, we're supposed to basically hit early puberty and basically stay there until we're dead. Yeah. Yep. There is no permission for our bodies to change, to widen, to soften, to wobble. There's no permission for that. And I find it so sad because when I was pregnant for the first time, I just had this sort of brief period of wonder for my own body in how cool it was in just knowing what to do. And I really kind of felt this really strong sense of connection to my body and permission for it to change and just appreciation for that change. And I think there is a sliver, even in diet culture, of acceptance for pregnant bodies. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But you're right, as soon as that's over, back to prepubescent, thank you. Yeah, yeah, let's all get
1: back to our prepubescent body shape. As long as we have boobs, that's okay,
0: but the rest... It's gotta go. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember because this was about my second child when I'd had her. Miranda Kerr had her baby around Mm -hmm. the same time, and she was on the, she was just being kind of just adored for getting back on the Victoria's Secret fashion catwalk thing, like in a bikini, looking like nothing ever happened. (laughs) And my body did not look like that at all. And.
1: Yeah, because that's, for most mothers, that's not the norm, right? I mean, Mm -mm. speaking about celebrities, that's what we are bombarded with. When you go to Woolies, you go to the supermarket, we're bombarded with miracle diets and celebrities that have seemingly lost all the weight within weeks, along with lots of wonderful Photoshopped images of them. And Mm. some women... I'd say a small percentage of women do slim down, I guess, quickly after birth. But for most mums, that that's just not the no,
0: case. It's a permanent change. Yeah, and that's yeah, so and okay it's meant, to be, it's meant to be a permanent change, right? <laughs> you know what? My feet are like literally a size bigger than they were before I had babies, and no one tells you that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's that's not what diet culture wants, right? That, <laughs> and. This whole idea that we can even return to our pre-baby bodies, it just doesn't make logical sense, right?
0: It's so weird. Like, <laughs> why do I have to get back to a different body? Why?
1: Yeah, it's not actually possible, but its it seems to be like a moral imperative. It's our duty as a woman to... Yeah, it's weird because during the pregnancy, there's so much emphasis on do what's best for the baby and do what's healthiest for the baby, but then it seems... After we give birth, it's do
0: what's best for people looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We really need to push back against that, you know, immediately get back to focusing on surveying your body and pretending that it's important to make it look like it did before. I'd love to just get this message out that you don't have to change your body. You don't. It's just ridiculous. You just You just need to settle into it. And get to know your baby and get to know you again after the baby. There's no reason for for allowing diet culture to get in there at that point. No. But just like an abuser, they will find you at your most vulnerable and push.
1: Yeah, push you to go back to that so-called pre-baby body. But, in you know, as you've said, there's no going back. We're not meant to have a pre-pubescent girl's body forever, contrary to what diet culture tells us. The only yeah. time we're meant to have a teenage girl's body, whatever the hell that is, by the way, mm. is when we're a teenager. And the only time we're meant to have a pre-baby body, again, whatever that is, is mm. before we have, have- a baby. <laughs> It sounds so simple when you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, your body has changed. It's meant to. It's a good thing. Our bodies are just so highly intelligent and brilliant and adaptable. And it's a body that's going to evolve and support and change and carry and nurture both your baby and you. And Mm. it's, it's just not practical, nor is it attainable for most women to get back to so-called where we were and stay that way for the rest of our lives I mean I agree it's really sad that for you know most women who've had babies they are feeling inadequate that they're not back to their whatever it is body pre-baby body that they're meant to be I know post-menopausal women who are still striving to get kind of body they had before children it's just so sad
0: yeah yeah well there's no there's no counter messages there's no pushback but you know if I can say one thing to anyone who's out there who's pregnant or had a baby and is feeling bad it's don't go back (laughs) be here now yes nothing is wrong please be here now
1: it's otherwise we're missing it right we're missing the whole experience that is being a mum and moving forward just moving forward
0: mm, yeah and easing into your body with all of its intricate changes
1: <laughs> yeah that's it that's it getting to know this new wonderful body that's yeah. doing all of these awesome things for you and for your baby in the case of women who are breastfeeding yeah just as you say settling into that and not worrying about all the other bullshit I mean it's mm. hard Right, trying to figure out breastfeeding and deal with sleep deprivation and Mm. learn how to be a mum slowly but surely without then trying to get back into our skinny jeans and put our Mm. stilettos on.
0: (laughs) Mm. Really? I think because it is such a complex change, Mm. that sometimes a return to weight focus is quite understandable because weight focus has been part of most of our lives and I find like with clients that I talk to sometimes like the return to weight focus is just almost saying look that's an easier focus for me to look at than trying to solve the complexities of how my relationship with my partner has been since the birth
1: totally yeah it gives you a
0: sense for some women a sense of familiarity of that old self yeah yep yeah. and control and this is a familiar problem which I know how to solve Mm -hmm. even though we know that how that goes (laughs) but problematic that is yeah yeah it is it is understandable but I guess it's about pulling out and saying what am I doing why am I focusing on my weight at such a point in my life there's a lot going on yeah and I love the idea of consulting with your 90 year old self Mm -hmm. like imagining you at 90 giving Mm -hmm. you advice yep yep would your 90 year old self be
1: telling you oh man i wish you'd gone to that extra spin class week when you were <laughs> seven weeks postpartum you could have squeezed into your jeans faster or would she be saying soak up every second of time you can with your child
0: because this little one will speed past mm, yeah that's so true yeah And I think before we started, you were talking also about doing a social media detox around that time. Really good advice.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, personally, I've found that, well, actually in researching a little bit for this interview, for the first time I jumped on my Instagram account and looked for images of whoever I could find, fitness models or (laughs) PTs. who were famously pregnant and within about one minute I felt really shit about myself Mm. (laughs) after a whole pregnancy of cruising in that regard so it doesn't take much it doesn't take long images are powerful and if we can cull the bullcrap I think Mm. that one little step can really help minimize exposure to the horrible things
0: (laughs) inspiration darling it's inspiration it's fitspo oh we know about that yeah yeah I think a social media so surrounding yourself making sure all of your media and feed is not about so-called you know pregnancy inspiration or whatever like this is not going to actually help you
1: absolutely not I mean we're surrounded by enough of that crap just in daily life whether it's from you know just family making comments about oh man you're so much bigger than I was at this stage of pregnancy or (laughs) thank you yeah Mm. thanks for that or um strangers in the street stopping and feeling entitled to touch your belly and comment on it and yeah it's full-on enough let alone having fitness trainers with six packs in their second trimester covering their little tiny bumps
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) good lord oh I'm glad I haven't seen stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, don't go looking
1: for it. I oh, don't recommend it.
0: But, I mean, that, that's the thing. We've talked about postpartum, but, like, I really think in pregnancy, just even in the last few years, certainly since I've been pregnant, when I was – do you know this is so funny? My first pregnancy, which was 2007, my hospital gave me – you know how they give you a goodie bag? Oh, yes. Yeah, and so in the goodie bag was all this stuff and a massive block of chocolate. And yeah. I, was so, I was so excited. Second baby was four and a half years later, 2011. Got the same goodie bag, no chocolate. How disappointing. I was so upset. I actually went to the nurse, like I was a bit tearful. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And she said, oh, we're trying to watch the mum's weight. Oh. <laughs> I just think there's just been this increasing focus on not, quote unquote, letting mums gain too much weight in pregnancy. Wow. And I think it's really
1: scary. I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's scary because, as we've already discussed, it's such a vulnerable time in a woman's life. But before this interview started, Louise, you mentioned a few other reasons why it's it's actually really
0: not a good idea to be... no. You know, Trying to limit weight gain during pregnancy. <laughs> well, what we're basically talking about is starving women. Yeah, yeah. Because dieting is starving. Our bodies don't actually know any different, mm-hmm. and it's so frightening. Because look at the statistics. So in Australia, two out of three people are considered, and I hate using these words, overweight or obese. Yeah.
1: So
0: most of us, according to medical terminology, too big. And then, you know, the females of us get pregnant and go vulnerably to see a health provider. And if we're then told that this is a great time to lose weight, that's just terrifying (laughs) in itself. Because we know that weight loss dieting doesn't work. We know that it can sort of work for a short period of time, but then the weight comes back for the vast majority of people. And along the way, a lot of damage is done. So, I mean, basically it's a stupid idea to try to starve women at this point. It's not going to work to change the woman's body weight Mm. permanently. No, no. It's possibly the worst time. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Mm. That that worst time.
1: Yeah, the absolute worst time. And, you know, aside from those reasons where, you know, pregnancy is just not the time to be trying to lose weight. No time is the time to be losing weight, but pregnancy is especially not the time. It's to be- like a
0: hell no with a capital <laughs> H.
1: But I mean, on top of that, pregnancy is one of the riskiest times for developing an eating disorder in a woman's life. And that's where that term pregorexia comes from, right? Yeah. So many women suffer from body image distress and disordered eating during pregnancy as it is and then if we have health professionals in positions of authority telling them mm. that we should lose weight that's not a
0: good recipe no and it's not even a it's as we said it's not good for the woman but it's not good for the babies either 'Cause the assumption, I guess, is that this is for the health of the baby. If you're going to be told to lose weight during pregnancy or to control your intake during pregnancy, mm. that this is going to actually affect the baby in a positive way. But we actually have really good research, longitudinal research, to show that starving a mum in pregnancy produces some pretty horrific effects on the baby, not just that baby, but intergenerationally. So, and we know this from in World War Two. Hitler stopped giving food basically to the Netherlands and it's called the Dutch Winter. So during the winter of 1944, all of the Dutch people were starving because there was literally no food. And, of course, the pregnant women were starving as well. Mm. And I guess opportunistically researchers followed these women and their babies and their descendants to see what happened, what is the long-term impact of starvation Mm. on babies. Like, are they healthy? (laughs) They must be really thin and healthy, right? But what they found was that if a mum was starved in the first trimester, the babies had a really increased risk of heart disease and, quote-unquote, were much more likely to be obese in adult life. And they also had a huge risk of diabetes. And if they starved during the second or third trimester, these babies were really efficient at storing calories. So they they were they were really storing every bit of food that they could have which makes sense yeah. and when they grew up 50% of these babies were hypertensive type 2 diabetic or quote unquote obese so with that sort of metabolic syndrome that's how healthy these babies are goodness me it really is ironic isn't it yeah yeah being as
1: thin or staying as little as possible during pregnancy to have all these, ironically, you know, these effects in not
0: just the next generation but for um, multiple yeah. generations afterwards? Multiple, because the children that bond to the descendants of these babies have a 20 times higher risk of type 2 diabetes, hypertension oh. and quote-unquote obesity. Oh, my God. And I want to emphasise that what we're telling women, when we're telling women to go on a diet, what we're effectively doing is starving them.
1: Yeah, go starve yourself. Go eat some World War II death camp starvation rations.
0: Our bodies don't know the difference between starvation and dieting at all. It's the same thing. So I think it's immensely harmful. And, you know, everybody blames the weight Mm. for health issues like type 2 diabetes and hypertension. And, you know, I actually blame the dieting. Yeah, for these yeah. kinds of things, and there's a strong body of research to show that when we try and diet a lot, we do end up sick. But it's not because of the weight; it's because of the attempts to try and lose the weight. Correct. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that just yeah? Isn't yeah. that Just mind blowing. It's breathtaking, and people need to know this. But we're not told this. We we just blindly follow the doctor's orders to lose weight because it's healthy. It's
1: just so odd because, I mean, this is evidence. This is science that you're talking here. And yet so many health professionals are advocating
0: (laughs) the opposite. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that weight is extremely discriminated against. People Mm. hate fat people. (laughs) Mm. And people particularly don't like fat pregnant women, which makes my heart Thor. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just heartbreaking,
0: isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. As if it's not hard enough being in a larger body. Oh, yeah. To be pregnant in a larger body would be, I mean, I haven't experienced that, but I can only imagine how difficult that would be.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's dreadful. I mean, the prejudice and stigma at that vulnerable time, what is the result of that? The result of that is more internalised weight stigma for the mm. pregnant lady. Yeah, And she's going to get more and more trapped in diet culture. And yeah. this so needs hilarious. to stop. We need so much better care for mm-hmm. people in larger bodies going through pregnancy. <clears throat> Not what's going on at the moment, which is basically trying to get larger ladies to lose weight at this vulnerable time. Yeah. yeah, it's bullying.
1: There is a... You've just reminded me of a photo project. I'll have to look it up and send you the link afterwards. But... It's of a photographer who has taken photographs of women both during and after their pregnancies. And there are a couple of larger bodied ladies in there describing their experience of what it was like to go through a pregnancy in a bigger body. Mm. And it is heartbreaking what some of these women experienced. I mean, even if they felt fairly confident in themselves and you know knew they were beautiful and and all that stuff they were still hearing the usual dreadful comments
0: from the outside world about their bodies weight bias is real (sighs) yeah and and it's hideous yeah and it's wrong the problem is not the body the problem is the attitudes towards the body Yeah, no, the body's
1: amazing and and smart and intelligent, but it's diet culture
0: that's really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But, you know, just as evidence of, I guess, weight bias and, and just how strong, because we look to professionals, don't we? We look to professionals or people in the media for help and advice on you know, being pregnant or getting through. And in preparation for this interview, I was looking through a really well-known dietitian's blog where she's talking about being pregnant with her twins. And I just wanted to read you some of the quotes from this blog to get your opinion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My belly is much bigger, though, and I feel like I should tell my clients that I am with two babies so they don't think, oh, gosh, what would a chubby dietitian know? (laughs) Uh, just trying to breathe. <laughs> Naturally, as a dietitian, I am pretty petrified of getting massive, so I am being pretty careful. That's perpetuating so many dangerous myths, isn't it? Especially oh, this one. I'm power walking each morning to keep this bump under control.
1: Oh, because it needs to be kept under control. <laughs> like, keep it as a bump. Don't you dare to gain
0: weight in other
1: parts of your body like you're supposed to just keep it a cute little bump
0: <laughs> don't grow oh my god <laughs>
1: no, god forbid you grow god forbid that your body prepares itself mm. for labor birth and breastfeeding
0: we wouldn't want that if we are hearing so much fear of weight gain from a prominent dietitian Oh dear. What hope do we have, right? We need to stop approaching pregnancy with an eating disorder mindset.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, pregnancy is so often used as an excuse for those orthorexic behaviors, you know, for the baby's health, so called. Mm -hmm. And that can mask underlying eating disorder thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. It can be a really good mask, absolutely.
1: Goodness. I mean, from research that I've done, generally women who have pre-existing eating disorders, the vast majority of them show an increased sense of meaning and purpose and decrease in eating disorder symptoms during pregnancy. That said, they still have more eating disorder symptoms than, say, women who do not have a history of disorder. Mm. You know, you can still get things like morning sickness, which can mask purging, right? And cravings, which can trigger binging, which as we know leads to restriction. And these can be a vulnerability for women with eating Mm -hmm. disorders. And health professionals really need to be onto this. Mm -hmm. Have an open discussion with women who are at risk Even women who don't have an eating disorder going into pregnancy are at increased risk of developing one in pregnancy for all the
0: reasons we've discussed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got to really look out. And it's definitely been my experience working with people with eating disorders that when they're pregnant, it is like a beautiful little window into, wow, my body is pretty cool actually. (laughs) And I think if you have had treatment that you can just, you know, you continue your contact with your team, and it, can, it gets easier as you go along to figure out what's pregnancy and what might be eating disorder, you know, and manage that really nicely. Just I loved being pregnant both times. I mean, I had really difficult pregnancy, the second one, but both times I loved the aspect of just really being mindful. So with my first pregnancy, I really needed a milkshake every day. I really, <laughs> I really did. So it was such a powerful urge to have that. And it was exactly what I needed. And just the the way it hit the spot when I was pregnant was like unlike anything else. (laughs) There are no words to describe when you're craving in pregnancy. I mean, it's been
1: bacon and mint chocolate, this pregnancy, for some reason. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, weird. But highly enjoyable, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love the weirdness of it. and That's just your body directing you.
1: Exactly, it's so fascinating and intelligent and if we
0: can just trust our bodies, right? It it was necessary. I remember my second pregnancy, I remember actually walking into Woolies or Waddling because I had this horrible condition where I couldn't walk properly but I was so determined and I really wanted a radish. I don't think I'd ever eaten one in my whole life. Wow. But I like literally picked it up. I just ate it raw. (laughs) and it was great wow your body just knew it's so new and that's why I get really sad like when I hear about people doing like diet plans when they're pregnant like and being told what to eat oh and that really makes me sad yeah it's such a missed opportunity
1: I mean if you haven't quite gotten on top of intuitive eating before pregnancy as you're saying your your senses and your that innate connection you have with your body seems to be heightened when you're pregnant if anything it's an awesome
0: time to start to learn intuitive Mm. eating well that's what I really think really helped me especially with the second one when I was really getting into mindfulness Mm. but yeah, if I was at that time on a plan oh I I definitely would have (laughs) I would have been a binge eater for sure maybe on radishes (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> rather than connecting with your body more deeply and taking that opportunity you'd be doing the exact opposite
0: mm, absolutely Not a waste of opportunity that would be yeah so apart from the starvation aspect Ooh. there's also the restriction of foods you, your body might actually want and that you might actually feel like
1: That
0: that might actually be good for your growing baby and for you. Yeah, maybe, maybe body knows best. Maybe not. You know, bikini body plan does not know best.
1: Yeah. Oh dear. So, um, at this point, I I have to bring up one particular pregnancy weight loss plan that I stumbled across. Oh God. (laughs) The name is horrendous. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) It it just, again, doesn't make sense. And Uh that particular plan is (laughs) the... Pregnancy plan that Michelle Bridges created for her 12-week body transformation. And I know you have... Oh, I'm hurting. ...just our mate, Michelle Bridges, in a previous podcast, and it was a kick-ass podcast. But yeah, I stumbled across her pregnancy plan, which I quote, is designed to get your mind and body into the healthiest shape possible throughout your pregnancy. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a scary page to go to. I don't recommend visiting this for people who are who are susceptible.
0: or We are not putting it up on the show notes. We're no, no, not. no.
1: Do not include the link in the show notes. But basically what Michelle is suggesting is that women who are pregnant work out, I think it's like four to five times a week, and I won't give numbers and calories and that kind of thing, but basically... What she allows pregnant women to eat is about maybe a snack more than what the, one of the poorest parts of the world eat. So Are I'm, you serious? I'm serious. I'm talking about the lowest socioeconomic class in India, women who generally have access to far fewer resources than men. What Michelle Bridges recommends to pregnant women is about a snack more in calories than what those women get a day, and what she recommends to her non-pregnant women I is, feel sick. Uh, is quite less, quite a bit less than less, less right? Less than what the poorest women in the world eat per day.
0: Oh God! Yeah, yeah. So pretty scary stuff. While I was, <laughs> oh, so all of these the, of the poorest people in the world in India, they all like really thin and on Instagram and happy.
1: Oh, totally right. They all take multiple selfies a day.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrendous. It is.
1: It's horrific. And I mean, you mentioned World War II starvation rations before, and it, I'm just making the connection. If we are to compare what some of those besieged Jews were allotted as starvation rations in some of the death camps, what the pregnant women on Michelle Bridges' program are allowed is possibly mm, i'm just doing the calculations in my head possibly about one meal extra i'm on,
0: my face is planted in the desk i can't, I
1: can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean when a famous celebrity trainer with a massive following tells pregnant women and by the way breastfeeding women yeah are allowed a tiny tiny bit extra Oh, allowed. <laughs> when, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a famous trainer tells that group of women that eating that amount of food is adequate, she's not only endangering the health of mother and baby, but as we've said, she's also hitting women at one of those most vulnerable times in oh. their lives, for lapsing into disordered eating. It's like a double whammy. Of
0: course. This is horrific. And it, I can't believe it's legal. And I can't believe it's allowed to go on but that's that's the reality of diet culture. It's weight loss at all costs. Yeah.
1: And it is sneaky because interwoven with these horrific guidelines are some sensible, you know, nutritional fats, like avoid these dangerous foods while pregnant. So you don't get listeria or make sure you eat your folate containing foods. You know, there's some Basic common sense stuff, just enough of that spotted in between the absolute bullshit that it seems like, you know, for some people who are not that savvy in picking up rubbish, mm. rubbish that this is going to look and sound totally
0: sane and totally. Yeah. Sane. Oh, that's the danger of it, isn't it? it? Sounds very plausible and it sounds very sciencey. Yeah. And, and we put our trust in people like this. And repeatedly, I've seen in the media that Michelle referred to as one of Australia's leading health experts and with that kind of title and this kind of message Mm. I mean you're right we don't stand a chance unless you know stuff like you're a dietitian and you're you know not a weight phobic dietitian Mm. (laughs) and you can talk about things in much more realistic terms but when people have this kind of platform it's Mm. incredibly dangerous incredibly dangerous
1: looking at one of her other articles which is specifically about post-pregnancy weight loss tips I think she lists seven post-pregnancy weight loss tips she actually (sighs) in the first paragraph there's a lot of people talking and writing about how to get your pre-baby body back and there's a lot of dodgy post-pregnancy weight loss advice out there but don't despair and don't beat yourself up We've got a plan for you.
0: Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. She knows, right? This is what I was talking about in the other podcast when we were talking about the use of this kind of faux-empowering language and the expert language. Yeah, It's infuriating. It's really yeah. And then I bet you she then proceeds to give you seven crazy, <laughs> stupid, risky things to do. You've got to, I mean, the very first one, number one, Give diets a miss. Oh, I really said the airfoil. I promise myself. <laughs> I think I said the airfoil last time with Michelle.
1: <laughs> well, that's very understandable, Louise. I mean, number one, in her post-pregnancy weight loss tips list, give diets a miss. Diets don't work. It's about consistency. <laughs> She's saying diets don't work. It's about consistency and committing to a healthy lifestyle. Oh, week body transformation can give you a plan for post pregnancy. It's like, hang on, diets don't work. Mm. And then Here's we're talking about a diet. <laughs> it's actually kind of. It would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic and dangerous.
0: Well, you know what it is. This is
1: gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. abusive. It really is. And as you said, for someone who has such a massive platform to be putting out information like
0: this, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's dreadful. We need, we need to take it back up now. We need, to... <laughs> we need to talk about how we can protect ourselves and our babies and our pregnant bodies and our post-pregnant bodies, which are always going to be post-pregnant bodies.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Once you're postnatal, you're postnatal forever. Yep.
0: Yep. It's like you're not a virgin anymore. It's not going to come back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So some ideas for, I guess, protecting yourself against this crazy culture that we live in is getting support. Getting people around you who are aware and supportive and sensitive to what your needs actually are. So instead of putting that emphasis on the need to get back into skinny jeans and stilettos, we need support to adapt to this new phase of life, right? We need Mm -hmm. help ideally and especially I think in that postpartum period You know, in many traditional cultures, whether it's Africa, Asia, Middle East, people have a team, right? They have family, they have friends, Mm -hmm. they have the village, the traditional village to help them adapt and transition and make that big step. And interestingly, in all the traditional cultures I've read about, it's actually bad news if you lose any weight after having a baby. Mm -hmm. You need to put on mass to be able to feed and carry that baby, Mm -hmm. right? In Cameroon. For example, I've heard if the mother starts to lose weight and isn't eating enough, she will be hand-fed by relatives (laughs) until she
0: puts on weight to satisfaction. (laughs) Mm, That is not a diet culture. That is a culture that embraces change and fertility and pregnancy and all of that abundance that we just don't do. Absolutely. That is a culture
1: focused on nurturing mother and baby. Mm. Another example, so my mum's Chinese and traditionally in our family, there's what's called a confinement period, which is a horrible name, but basically it means <laughs> after a woman gives birth for four to six weeks or so, everything's done for the mother so she gets to focus on nurturing the baby. And with my rallies, if you start to lose weight, your grandmas
0: and aunties will reprimand you and feed you. <laughs> so they're policing you in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: it's just such a it's so odd right that in yeah. our culture the opposite is emphasized losing weight as quickly as possible usually by yeah. dieting and over exercising is applauded and rest and community support are the last things on the list
0: oh, rest and community support are fantastic yeah yeah and of course you know
1: we don't live in that society anymore, cultural factors such as loss of the village and a lot of us are isolated from our family, these things make it harder for a mum to get the support she needs after giving birth, right? But Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that new mums identify support networks, that they have the support from
0: health professionals, that health professionals are aware. And they're weight neutral. The weight the health professionals that you see need to be weight neutral. I screened my gynecologist obstetrician guy like mad and he never weighed me and he never talked about anything well we did have some interesting discussions but you know about weight neutrality they're Mm -hmm. out there it can be tricky to find them but
1: oh they absolutely are out there my midwife she hasn't weighed me once and there's no need right there's no need to come in order to check that baby is developing well Mm. there are so many other ways to check that
0: yeah, the growth and well-being of you and your baby can be checked in many ways other than the scale. And if you agree to every other measure, go for it. But resist that one. I think that's probably a good tip, right? From pregnancy onwards, just abandon weighing yourself. Forget the scales. Forget the scales because it's going to be a reminder of diet culture and this phenomena of the pre-baby body and buying in all, all of that sort of stuff. Just let it go. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We want to focus on nourishing mum and baby and as much as possible avoid triggers (laughs) that are conveniently plants along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do not buy into these magazines that choke the supermarkets. Clean up your feed. Ban body talk at your coffee mornings if you're doing that after you have the baby. Just do whatever you can to nurture and protect.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Get that
0: support team and, as you said, make sure it's are non-diet. Screen screen. Yeah. Your yeah, get involved in non-diet communities, like Untrapped or like so many, like Moderation Movement, like yours, like Body Positive Australia. There's so much stuff to look at. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's really good, fun. yeah. So are you looking forward to being nurtured and nourished in the next <laughs> couple of months?
1: I have got my, uh, yeah, so my mum is coming after the birth and she's going to be looking after me in turn, looking after baby for about four weeks. Oh yeah, Yeah. oh that's
0: just delicious. That's so nice to hear.
1: I'm so happy about it. I didn't do that with my first pregnancy, but I think it's going to be a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Do you know if you're having a girl or a boy? Oh, having a girl. (gasps) Yay. So you'll have one boy and one girl. That's lovely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, bringing a girl into the world makes me just want to be even more involved in this work. Yeah, You know, diet culture affects everyone, male or female, but girls especially, if there is any disordered eating or eating disorder behaviour going on in mums in that first year of life, what the research has shown is that, a one-year-old is going to be mother and child will be. There'll be more conflict at meal times. There will be more control exerted over the child by the mother and things like this. So we need to be doing all we can to get on top of this stuff. If not before we fall pregnant, then during or even after. Yeah. Every- doing that by getting the support that we need and surrounding ourselves with
0: wonderful communities like your own yeah and breaking the cycle right you're gonna break the cycle with your girl and i'm hopeful that i'm gonna break the cycle with my two girls yay Um, you know and hopefully if we can get this message out there and get more and more people talking like this and realizing this and pushing back then that's how change happens
1: absolutely yep one step at a time yep all we'll right <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will get there what a great chat i'm so glad we managed to squeeze it in before you have your baby Yay, me too
1: <laughs> thank you so much for
0: having me thank you that was a great chat and all the best with your beautiful baby girl thank you so much louise i'm excited <laughs> about it yeah me too bye <laughs> that was the fabulous casey conroy isn't she amazing and I'm so glad there's people like her in the world, even if she is going off on maternity leave and having a lovely time with her little girl. I hope you're all feeling pretty fired up still because I know this episode is one that I haven't really been able to calm down from (laughs) because I think it's very close to my heart. And I do hope to all of the mums out there or impending mums that you listen to this episode and give it a bit of thought about how much head time we give to diet culture and all of its pressure and how this amazing change in our lives is about so much more than what we look like. So I think in this episode, I might have fallen victim to a little bit of fake news in that some of the references that I was referring to about the Dutch winter, I'm now actually having doubts about their veracity. So as a good scientist, I need to go back and double-check my sources. So please stay tuned. In the show notes, I will add what I find. And if I need to change what I have said about the Dutch winter and about the impacts on babies, I certainly will. And I guess it's a humbling reminder that none of us are really immune from how much misinformation there can be on the internet. On the other hand, it could all be completely valid and I just have to do a hell of a lot more trawling and get through a lot of paywalls in order to verify what I've said. So apologies to anyone who might know more about this at this stage than I do. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this podcast and it's coming towards the end of the year and I guess I'm a bit reflective about how it's been going, and I really want to just say a very warm thank you to everybody who's listened and to everyone who's written in and expressed thanks and gratitude or told me about the changes that they've made in their lives just from hearing the conversations that I've had with all of these amazing people in the last few months. It's really, really touching and it's keeping me going So thank you and keep it coming. And, of course, if you have something that's really pissing you off about diet culture, send it to me. I'm the one who needs to hear it and I'll definitely get something going. So send me an email at louise at untrapped.com.au and I will fire that up. Okay. So, and if you're liking the podcast, please remember to go to iTunes and leave us a really positive rating and a review and hopefully subscribe as well so you don't miss any of the episodes as they come along to you. And if you're struggling with food or body or diet culture in general, and you're looking for something different, please consider the Untrapped program. The Untrapped program has been a labor of love for me and 12 other amazing anti-diet health professionals, many of whom have been featured on the podcast. And we're really seeing people undergo incredible, I don't want to say journeys because I really hate that word, And I hate the word transformations as well. So let's say adventures, incredible adventures and incredible stories of freedom that are happening in there. And it, it inspires me again. It just keeps me going. And there will be a special happening in January. So watch this space. If you're thinking of joining Untrapped, but you're not quite sure, maybe the price is putting you off, maybe hold on and stay tuned for an announcement next week when I come back. Okay, so it's about time for me to sign off for another week and I will be back with another huge steaming pile of almost New Year bullshit. And don't we know how hot and steamy that will be. Oh my God. Until then, trust no one. Think critically. Push back against diet culture. Untrap from the crap.